0: And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story, real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors.
1: The Fed wimps out and markets rocket higher. Of course, also following Meta's earnings last night. Uh, Of course, we'll be talking today uh, with Michael Leibowitz uh, discussing more about what the Fed said yesterday, but bottom line is uh, they just pretty much gave up. (laughs) They did hike rates by 25 basis points, of course, but the big shift was the acknowledgement of both disinflation, which he mentioned like 14 times in the speech yesterday, um, but also that and really what sent the markets running is that they don't really care about financial conditions in the short term so total change in policy over the course of just the last six months because financial conditions mattered back in september back in december as stocks were rallying higher in anticipation of a fed pivot And uh, he would come out and basically smack the markets down. Yesterday, he's like, yeah, we don't really care about those financial conditions short-term. It's fine. Go have fun with the markets. And uh, with that, stocks rocketed higher yesterday, uh, finishing the day up a little over 1%. Um, we are now uh, starting to push more kind of very overbought levels in the market. Doesn't mean the markets can't stay here for a little bit longer. They can. Um, but our MACD buy signals that you know we track fairly closely here, uh, those are starting to get pretty extended here as well. So, you know, upside here is probably somewhat limited, maybe another 100, 150 points on the upside, uh, somewhere to around 410, maybe four, uh, 400, uh, 41, Sorry, 4100 to 4150. Um, on the S&P index is likely a likely target here, which also be some of these kind of previous tops that we saw, um, you know, back, you know, last year on the way down. We're now seeing them on the way up, uh, and those are going to provide some resistance levels. But overall, um, you know, things are still very bullish here. Stocks are performing better. Last year, FANG stocks were dead. Now FANG stocks are back alive. So be careful with headlines when people tell you it's like, oh, fang stocks are never coming back they're over it's done Uh, they've actually been performing fairly well and again meta after their announcements yesterday on earnings uh revenue and earnings were good outlook was good but basically a years of of kind of cost savings you know uh, employee reductions those type of things tightening their belts, so to speak um, has paid off and is looking a lot better on outlook stock will be up about 20 percent this morning On on that news, so that's going to, and again, because of the market cap weighting of Meta in the index, that's going to kind of drag the entire index up. But you expect to see overall, um, you know, you're going to see futures, uh, sorry, not futures, but you see stocks kind of trading a little bit higher this morning. Now, the question will be, is whether or not they can hang on to those gains. Nasdaq will be about one percent this morning at the open. Um, can they hang on to those gains? Again, you know, historically, about 80% of the time, the day after the Fed meeting, uh, stocks tend to kind of sell off. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we open up this morning and then sell off. We'll, we you know, don't know yet, but we'll see what happens. But again, you know, the real focus here as of late has been technology that's been performing very well. And really, it's been most of the junkiest stocks, right? I mean, if you take a look at stocks making the biggest moves, ARC, uh, which is Kathy Woods' ETF um, that invests in a lot of the disruptive technologies, of course, that got completely crushed last year. And that's, that ETF has had its largest monthly gain on record. It's up 28% for the month of January. Now, a lot of these stocks, if you take a look, they're having huge runs. Some of these stocks are up 50, 80, 100% from the lows. They're still down 75% from their highs because these stocks were down 80, 90% from their highs. So, you know, if you go from $100 to one, you know, that's a huge decline, 99%. But if you go from one to two, it's 100% gain. You really haven't done much to, to nick that decline from $99 pre- or $100 previously, but you have very big gains off the bottoms. So right now, we're seeing a lot of these stocks that have gotten completely crushed last year. Peloton is a good example up 22 percent yesterday uh, alone and and some of these stocks are up 40 50 60 70 percent 80 percent in the month of january Um, they you know you look at a long-term chart it doesn't look like they've moved at all but they've had very very big gains here and the point about this is is that there's a lot of speculation coming back into the market so again early speculators coming in um, you know kind of front-running the fed here a bit but again as, as i'll talk about with michael liebowitz yesterday the change in language has now really changed the market tone um, over the course of the next couple of months. Now, does this negate the other issues that are coming, right? This is going to be the big challenge for the markets. The Fed is still doing quantitative tightening, um, right? They're still reducing their balance sheet. They're still hiking rates, and in fact, they're going to hike rates a couple more times this year, according to their speech yesterday, um, which is still tightening, tightening monetary policy, right? That's still going to slow economic demand, right? But you know, the bet right now by the markets as well as investors in general and, and even economists and analysts all together. Right now, the only country expected to be in a recession in 2023 is the United Kingdom. So, again, what the market is betting on is this soft landing Goldilocks scenario. We don't have a recession, we just have a slowdown. Unemployment rate ticks up here a bit and inflation comes down. That's the, that's the Goldilocks scenario because in that environment, supposedly, you know, things should be able to kind of hold together. Now, the one thing that we have to con- consider and remember is that part of what created the earnings run back in 2021-2022 was, com- was the massive expansion in profit margins due to a big shutdown in the economy, which, you know, stripped a lot of employment out, which really increased the profitability of companies. And inflation, because that gave companies the ability to price things higher. And if you haven't been to the store lately to buy a dozen eggs, (laughs) you'll know what we mean by price hikes. But a lot of that has fed into profit margins for companies. Now we're talking about it again, as we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But yesterday, repeatedly, Jerome Powell mentioned the word disinflation now disinflation and deflation are two different things disinflation is when you have declining inflation so in other words you still have inflation it's just going up at a slower pace deflation is when you have falling prices and falling inflation right that's when you have deflate negative inflation and and so we're going to have disinflation first but disinflation ultimately leads to deflation And that's going to be a problem for profit margins. And particularly with profit margins near record levels, this is going to become problematic as we go forward. And again, as we start talking about valuations and earnings and pricing of markets, etc., it suggests that upside to markets over the next couple of years is somewhat limited. So in other words, we could have a bull market for certain, but we may not have a bull market that gets us back to historic highs or start cranking out, as we saw in, from 2010 through 2020, over that decade, we were generating 12% annualized rates of return. We may have a move to a market that generates positive returns over the next few years, but they could be somewhat muted, you know, 4, 5, 6% rates of return versus 12. In other words, a return to normality um, after a decade or so of you know, massive monetary interventions and zero interest rates. We'll see what happens. And the question is also, does the Fed actually cut rates sooner than later? This is all the bet that the market's making right now. And right now, again, as I said, market's having a very good run here, getting a little bit overbought. So don't forget to take some profits here. We will have some type of corrective action. And that's actually going to be really a good thing here as we start to talk about where this market pulls back to, where it finds support. And more importantly, where does it actually begin to, to form a much more bullish pattern of higher prices? And so those things we talk about here over the next couple of weeks. But coming up after the break, we'll talk with Michael Leewitz more about what the Fed said yesterday, what the outlook is, what that means for the markets and money. Uh, of course, get by our website and subscribe to our new YouTube channel for our Before the Bell. That's our previous three minutes on markets and money, now called Before the Bell separate channel subscribe to that make sure you subscribe to this channel right here as well just click that little bell icon we'll be right back after the break
0: get daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com is your partner cheating on you Financial infidelity is a relationship buzzkill and a wealth destroyer. Just in time for Valentine's Day, our next Candid Coffee will address how to avoid financial infidelity. Saturday, February 11th with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Build trust, improve your money talk, and pillow talk. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. How to avoid financial infidelity. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
1: So welcome back to the show this morning. The big question. If you're having a sense of deja vu this morning, Brent... <laughs> Just maybe a little bit. Does it feel familiar? You know? Yes. Just, we've yeah. been here before. We've done this before. Yep, it's Groundhog Day. So we'll see if uh, Puxahani Phil sees his what, what time do they do that? That's a, that's a uh,
0: daybreak Eastern time. So yeah. probably right, right about now. now. About,
1: about yeah. now. So we'll see whether or not he sees his shadow mm-hmm. and whether or not we have six more weeks of winter, which, considering we've got 400,000 Texans right now without power because yeah. the windmills froze up. <laughs> green energy is a great thing i've got nothing against green energy it just needs to work when you need it the most this is that's my only complaint about it you know right solar power wind power it's all great fine and dandy as long as everything's perfect but who cares everything's fine we got plenty of juice it's when you don't have sunshine and when you freeze over that's when you really need the power. <laughs>
0: the cloudy, windless days of winter. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's really when you need power to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the middle of summer, you're going to open some windows. It's okay. you yeah. got to live without power when it's <laughs> 10 degrees outside. Frankly, I miss August. Yeah, I know. It's coming. The only thing I don't miss about August is mosquitoes, but other than that. Yeah, well. Other than that. Uh, a couple of things this morning. Um Lots of earnings. Of course, we are now in really just the depths of earnings season. This week and next week, we'll have basically the entire S&P 500, for the most part. uh, A big chunk of it will have reported earnings. Uh, Today is, you know, yesterday we had Meta after the bell. Uh, They reported much better than expected earnings. That stock's going to be up about 20% this morning uh, at the open. Uh, Today we've got Apple. We also had Microsoft earlier in the week. Uh, today we've got Apple, Alibaba Group, Al- uh, Google, Alphabet. I wish these people would just leave their names, right? It's Facebook. It's not Meta, right? It's Google. It's not Alphabet. But anyway, and it's the Facebook. It's the Facebook. The Twitter. Hey, you know they're actually trying to say the word "the" is now hateful. Oh, good right? grief. We should not use the word "the." Please. You know, like the poor, uh-huh. right, that yeah. that disenfranchises poor people because uh-huh. you're calling them, you're lumping them all together yes. as the poor. I don't know what that means for the Walmart <laughs> or the Target, but apparently <laughs> Walmart's feeling very disenfranchised with the in front of it. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, uh, Canadian Goose, that's, you know, Brent's favorite. Uh, Cardinal Health, Phillips, <laughs> Eli Lilly. Hey now. Uh, Ferrari. Uh, announces today, along with Ford Motor, Gilead Sciences, um GoPro. Are they still going and proing? It's the I, Go GoPro. It's, it's the GoPro. Yes. I didn't. I haven't even heard the about GoPro. it. GoPro had this flash event. I, I haven't seen any videos lately with people running around with GoPro stuck on their head. I guess <laughs> it's still a thing. Um, my favorite Hershey's uh, I know what today. Happened to those videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> they all killed themselves off <laughs> pretty much <laughs> uh, sketcher Starbucks under Armour, uh, and of course uh, Michael Leewood's favorite worldwide wrestling entertainment ah yes he's mm. a WWE. big WWE. He's, he's a big fan of WWE so um, right. speaking of WWE and, and Smackdowns that was what happened yesterday uh, in the with the markets as you know The Federal Reserve came out and pretty much just wimped out. Um, came out, said, hey, yeah, we're hiking 25 basis points, and we don't care about financial conditions in the short term at all. So uh, with that, markets took off, and uh, we had a very nice rally into the end of the day. Markets uh, futures, uh, Nasdaq's right now pointing up 154 points at the open. That's about 1.5% on the back of Meta's earnings. So we're going to see some follow-through, particularly in tech. And interestingly enough, in November, we wrote an article called, Are Fang Stocks Dead?, and we made the case for why FANG stocks weren't dead at the time. And those have actually been leading most of the market this year so far. So just be careful what you, you know, when people tell you that something's dead, generally it's not. So um, anyway, Mike, welcome to the show this morning. So big news from the Fed yesterday. They pretty much just rolled over, played dead, feet up in the air. Um, <laughs> And uh, Jerome Powell just basically kicked the can back to Congress and says, yeah, it's Congress's job to raise the debt ceiling, not mine. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, with that, markets uh, pretty much took off. So uh, what what now? Um, the Fed is pretty much seems to have given up.
2: Well, I wouldn't say given up, right? They, they raised rates 25. He said they're going to do a couple more 25s. So they'll get Fed funds up to 5%, which is where they projected it uh in december uh they're kind of doing everything they said they would do i think why the market's a little bulled up on it is that he wasn't as harsh on financial conditions and the fed likes to define financial conditions as stocks bonds and the dollar
1: oh by the way real uh, quick i have to interrupt because pucksahony phil is about to make his prediction that it is live on fox mm, news right now
2: they uh and i got some bad news for you
1: it's gonna he's gonna see a shadow today
2: well, it's cloudy here, about an hour or two south of wherever Puxatani Phil is. So
1: okay, so no shadow today, shadow. which means no window. Uh, so wait, if he sees his shadow, wait, I forget what it is. If he
0: sees his shadow, he no, goes back in the hole. You got six, six more weeks. weeks so right.
1: no shadow today. So winter's oh. over. So oh, so good. But there's winter's so many
0: time. TV lights on him right now. There's a shadow,
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, uh, they've got him up on the stand at the moment, and oh. and that he's about to do is give the big guy prediction.
0: some decon <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: so he needs your own power when we got phil <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> and this seems to be the new thing if pucks on your phil sees his shadow or not right yeah do, 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 we'll have to go back and do a, a Six check more points of inflation well we'll see what it means for the markets yeah. right we need to do yeah. a comparison right so the groundhog index exactly uh so anyway mike uh sorry to interrupt the uh, you know the the You know, with the Fed, yes, they said, hey, we don't care about financial conditions in the short term. And that's, you know, really kind of what the market was afraid of, because back in September, he cared about financial conditions. In December, he cared about financial conditions. Um, What's changed? Why doesn't he care about financial conditions now?
2: I think he's just slowly gaining confidence that inflation has peaked. Now, for those of us that have been looking at the data for the last six, nine months, we've known that right? We have had we have enough data to know that inflation is coming down. Uh, you know, we can debate all day what parts of inflation are coming down. You know, goods are coming down a lot quicker than what Powell calls core services, non housing services. But nonetheless, it, it, you look at any graph of inflation or inflation surveys, inflation expectations, and they've all been declining. So I think he's finally having a little confidence that inflation is coming down. I, I think what bothers the Fed is that they call it wrong again. Remember, 20, late 20 and 2020, 2021 was all about transitory inflation. That was related to the supply line problems and the extra demand due to stimulus. And it turns out transitory wasn't so transitory. It was a, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're just being protective on the way down. The last thing they need is for inflation to stop falling, to either stall at relatively high levels, call it 4 to 5%, or to start rising again. Um, so, what they're telling the market is that, look, we're more flexible, we're more pragmatic, we're only going to raise 25 more, twice more, probably stop, that leaves them in May, they'll stop in early May. But this is the, the big difference between what the market thinks and what the Fed thinks is from May to, to December. The market is starting to price in at least two rate cuts, whereas the Fed is still pretty adamant that they're doing nothing, that they're going to keep rates the same. So that's the divergence we need to keep an eye on. Does the Fed acquiesce and start admitting that they're going to lower rates, assuming everything, assuming the economy can kind of, uh, you know, not collapse. If it collapses, they're going to drop rates much quicker. But assuming the economy hangs in there, assuming that inflation continues to come down, And assuming that the parts of inflation that the Fed really cares about, the core sticky prices, which haven't started coming down yet, they start coming down, then the Fed may acquiesce and they may say, yeah, we may cut rates once or twice, which would feed the market's view. And conversely, if inflation starts getting hung up, like we're seeing some goods prices starting to rise, copper, lumber, used car prices ticked up. Uh, gasoline isn't falling anymore. It's stabilized. Uh, So, some of those things that helped us peak initially are not going to help anymore. So, so will the market start saying, you know what, maybe Powell's right, and they're going to keep Fed funds around 5% for the rest of the year? So, I think right now, for the next month or two, that's what the market's looking at. Who's right, the market or the Fed? And then kind of in the back of our minds, we have to think about What if they're both wrong? What if this economy is really going into a recession, you know, in the second quarter, third quarter? What if the lag effect really catches up with the market? And at that point, Fed funds are going to 2% to 1%, but, you know, eventually to zero. So I think distinguishing between those three outcomes and, you know, as we traverse time, we're going to vary between Fed funds being stuck at five, Fed funds dropping slightly, or Fed funds plummeting. And that will help determine kind of the market course as we uh, progress.
1: Well, and I think, you know, this is going to be, you know, kind of interesting to watch because the market is pretty convinced here that there is no recession, right, coming. Um, And, you know, take a look at what expectations are for earnings, profit margins, you know, those type of things. This is all suggesting, and again, you know, there's a, a long history of the market, you know, kind of predicting, you know, economic growth in in the future six to nine months uh, earnings tend to to kind of trough before um we see the bottom in economic activity so you know it, the question now is, is is the market completely wrong this time or does the market know something that everybody else is missing right in terms of you know a lot of the bears that are talking about oh we're gonna have this recession you know it's another big down leg in the market coming i mean there's much more anecdotal evidence right now that the bottom of the market is in and that the economic landing, or whatever it is, may not be nearly as bad as a lot of the bears are are thinking. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break and how to position your portfolio for whatever's gonna happen here, we'll see. Um, We'll talk about that right after the break, don't go away.
0: Investment advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Is your partner cheating on you? financial infidelity is a relationship buzzkill and a wealth destroyer. Just in time for Valentine's Day, our next Candid Coffee will address how to avoid financial infidelity. Saturday, February 11th with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Build trust, improve your money talk, and pillow talk. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. How to avoid financial infidelity. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. realinvestmentadvice.com. Your listening to The Real Investment Show.
1: And welcome back to the show this morning. So speaking of inflation, Food at elementary and secondary schools up 254% over the last year. Fuel oil, uh, which Mike will know this because he lives up in the north, uh, 65% increase. Eggs are the third highest increase. As we talked about yesterday, the new thing is to own your own chicken farm, right? And now chickens, buying chickens are getting expensive as well. Uh, eggs are up 40, uh, 49%, followed by airline fares at 36%. Butter margin uh, up thirty four percent, flour twenty four percent, public transportation up twenty three percent. There's there's a joke in there. I'm just gonna leave it alone. Fats (laughs) fats and oil up twenty one percent. So if you're gaining weight, it's inflation. Blame it on that
0: (laughs) waistline inflation. Exactly.
1: Uh, The only thing down in price over the last year. Yeah. Uh, Beef and veal down five point two percent, and smartphones. Down twenty three percent. It's
0: because nobody's buying them right now.
1: Yeah, because you, but you have def- yeah they can't afford it right. They're, right, it's kind of an interesting point, right? They're spending all their money to buy eggs, mm-hmm. can't afford a new smartphone. Yeah, so they're they're down twenty three percent in price. So just thought that was in apparel is only up three point eight percent. So just thought that was interesting. Mm. Gasoline, as Mike was saying, second ago, gas has stopped going up. It's only up ten percent over the last year. What
0: is the deal with that? It keeps going up and down and up and down.
1: It's whatever commodity prices do. Yeah. So if oil prices go up or down, gas is going to go up or down. There (laughs) you have it. (laughs) It's just kind of a thing in there.
0: (laughs) I wish H-E-B would get it right.
1: (laughs) Well, see, this is the interesting thing, right, though, is that this is what's feeding into corporate profit margins, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, prices are relatively sticky. So just let's take take a dozen eggs, for example, right? So just use some round numbers. So let's say that a dozen eggs was $4 last year and now it's five or six dollars this year okay well when inflation comes down and the price of eggs come down right or inflation comes down the price of eggs will come down but they're not going to go back to four dollars right it's just like gasoline you're never going to see dollar 78 gasoline ever again right that's just or 70 or dollar gasoline which i you know i grew up with you're never going to see a dollar a gallon ever again because prices are relatively sticky. So even if inflation comes down, this is what Mike was talking about a second ago is that if inflation comes down and hangs around three, 4%, that suggests that prices are still going up. But in reality for consumers, even if inflation goes back to 2%, which is where the fed wants it, the prices of groceries and gas and clothes and travel, it's never going back to where those prices were, right? They're, Cause those prices are relatively sticky. And, and once, you know producers of goods or services get to a price and they go okay everybody kind of likes this price we're okay here that price will stick at a higher level so you know that's why core prices tend to be a lot more sticky than commodity prices which tend to fly all over the place anyway but uh talk but talking about this um you know the the issue now going forward is how to how to trade the market right so the market's telling you one thing, and as we said, but you know, before the break, there's a lot of. Bu- we just wrote an article on this on our website, by the way. It's called "Bullish Formations Defy Recessionary Forecast." The markets are not predicting a recession. The markets are suggesting that the economy is going to continue to grow. Now, you know, as Mike is about to tell you, there's plenty of evidence out there that suggests we're going to have a recession, and it could be a fairly deep one, right? And but you know, what do you? How do you navigate this? If the market's telling you one thing, do you defy the market and say, "I'm not going to pay attention to the market because the market's wrong," or are you going to, you know, follow what the market's doing and let the market tell you what to do next? This is going to be the big challenge. But you know, as we as we talked about, you've got a, a very important bottoming process that's occurring in the in the market. The 50-day moving averages will probably cross, if the markets are positive by the end of the day, the 50-day moving average will cross above the 200-day moving average. That's that golden cross that historically pretends to higher prices over time. doesn't mean right away, right? Prices can come back. I mean, you can have little sell-offs in the markets. But what these things are telling you is is that the bottom of the market in October was probably the bottom. And while it may be a stair-step higher, prices are probably going to trend higher now. Over the course of this year. Now, of course, that can change and that will depend on economic outcomes and earnings and what happens. But, you know, we'll have to see, Mike, you know, this is going to be the big challenge, though, for investors is how to navigate, you know, all the bad economic data versus what the market's telling you.
2: Right. And that's going to be our biggest challenge is navigating what we think lies ahead in June and in October and December versus what the market's doing today. And there are times where you just have to listen to the market. And I think we're we're approaching one of those periods now where sentiment and technicals, and you know, what we're seeing in the riskiest stocks and small cap stocks. and uh, you know, other other sectors are telling us that the the bull is back. doesn't mean it's back for the rest of the year. It doesn't mean it's back for February, but it means it's back for now. And the technicals are strong enough that, that you have to play along with it to some degree, even if you think we're going into a deep recession in the second, third, fourth quarter of this year. For now, follow the market. And you know, if you want a good example of why, go back to March of 2020. When you get to later March, early April, the, the economy was shut down. There was nothing going on. Everyone was scared to go to the store without gloves on and masks and, and eye gear. and and, you know, it, it was something we had never seen before. That was the beginning of a great rally, despite despite all the economic problems that lay ahead of us at that point in time. So, you know, you have to be careful. You, you know, it's very important to have these macro views and to understand where you think things are going. And we could very much be right that the economy is in a recession at the end of the year and the market's a lot lower. But we have to navigate between now and then. And right now, the markets are increasingly telling us that the market wants to run higher. Uh, Bond yields want to come down. They're telling us that Goldilocks is approaching us. And we say Goldilocks because the bond market is not dropping rapidly in yield. Yields have come down nicely. If the bond market, for instance, thought that, uh, that, that we were going into a recession, yields would be coming down much quicker. Fed funds would be pricing in more than 225 basis point rate cuts in the second half of the year. And stocks, stocks would not be doing as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you can look at earnings expectations for companies. They're supposed to come down, but not, not into recession territory. So the markets are all telling you that Goldilocks is the preferred forecast, meaning that the economy slows, but not too bad that inflation comes back down towards the Fed's target. The Fed slowly lowers rates and they, they basically get the plane to land safely so it can take off again. And that's ideal for the stock market. Mm-hmm. That's what the stock market should want to see here. Anything more than a soft landing is growth that would probably induce inflation. So you're, you know, it's it. That's why we keep calling it kind of Goldilocks. You don't want too high growth, and you don't want negative growth. You just kind of want it right in the middle, where it's low growth. It's enough to keep inflation down, and enough to pacify the Fed. It's all about pacifying the Fed at this point for the market. Um, so you know, I think you you have to have your economic opinions. You have to have your market opinions on where you think things are going, but you also have to just listen to the market, and. You know, every day we're reminded, and at least in the last few weeks, bad news is good news. Good news is good news. If you offer to do more buy, buy, buybacks, that's good news, even if you don't even have the money to do it. <laughs> Meta just announced, what, 50 billion in buybacks? They yeah, don't you. have cash or free cash flow to even do it. These are proposals. These are announcements, but they don't have to buy it back. So everything that ran, ran, that that sounds familiar from back in 20 late 2020 and 2021 is kind of coming back in vogue. And, you know, it's important to listen and to follow, but maintain your own opinions. And, you know, we're just going to, as we said, I think we started mm-hmm. the year. What's the theme for the year? It's audible. Yeah. We're going to be audible then. Well, bold and to then, bear. Bull to bear.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, as, as we, you know, come, you know, came into January, you know, as, it was kind of a sluggish start, and finally kind of got things going you know on the fifth day of january um and then the rest of the month is was you know exceptionally strong and February has started out strong as well but again, there's still a lot of a year ahead of us, and a lot of things that can happen and, and but the one thing and I will talk about this when we come back you know is like you know who in, in a in a low growth environment let's let's assume the Goldilocks scenario so it's it's not recessionary. And it's not super strong growth right it's just enough to bring inflation down but not but not get into a deep recession. what you know what in what sectors are likely to perform best in that environment we'll talk about that after the break but the you know the the question right now and particularly for the rest of this year and, and as we look at corporations announcing earnings this type of, of thing again we have to also go back and look at Yes, a lot of the playbook seems to be coming back from 2020, 2021. The difference, though, is is that we don't have QE. We have QT. We don't have $5 trillion in stimulus checks in the market. We don't have an economy that was shut down. We're now back to full employment. Wages are up. Um, you know, Those are all going to be ha- have a different impact on earnings and balance sheets and income statements uh, from companies over the course of this year that The market may not be paying attention to just yet so um we'll come back from the break though what sectors tend to perform better in a recession not in a recessionary but in a disinflationary slow growth economic environment be right back we'll talk about that how to potentially position your portfolio what not to buy and things you may not want to own in that type of environment don't go away
0: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Is your partner cheating on you? financial infidelity is a relationship buzzkill and a wealth destroyer. Just in time for Valentine's Day, our next Candid Coffee will address how to avoid financial infidelity. Saturday, February 11th with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Build trust, improve your money talk, and pillow talk. Register today at realinvestmentadvice.com. How to avoid financial infidelity. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real investment show
1: It's amazing what you find on the internet if you just dig around long enough what have you discovered phil's track record oh really yes Mm. so somebody charted that well they didn't chart it but they they tracked it back a decade trying to help you i know (laughs) exactly um yeah, so uh, tracking back to 2013, how often has uh, Tommy Phil been right in his predictions about six more weeks of weather? He has a 40% success rate. Really? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't get to see on the news because we were doing the show. Hmm. I don't know if he saw his shadow or not. He but, did. He did. Six more weeks. Six more weeks. So he says. There's a 40% chance he's right. Now, NOAA <laughs> right now is forecasting that the Northeast, and Mike will like this, um, is got a 33% chance of warmer than typical temperatures uh, from February through April. Uh, most of the South, where we are, had of course not today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as we emerge from the freeze, um, have at least a 40% chance of higher than typical temperatures from February through April. I've got a
0: red maple tree in my backyard that has already budded out. Yeah. Yeah, from that warm weather we had last
1: week. Yeah, uh, yeah, plants are all screwed up yeah. right now. Yeah, So the <laughs> one one month they're freezing to death, and now they're all yeah. budding out again. So of
0: course the front yard looks like it got hit by a chill. It's all dead, <laughs> you know.
1: Uh, but one thing I, I'm pretty sure of, that is not the original Puck's of Tommy Phil.
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah,
1: yeah, He looks too too young. Yes. Yeah. A little too so, dapper. <laughs> exactly.
0: We got to get you one of those top hats. You and and Michael.
1: Yeah, we should do that. Have. Just for today for next year yeah there you go all right um let's talk about a goldilocks economy now again uh, as mike you know said before that's an economy that's not too hot it's not too cold it's just right uh yields come down because you have disinflation inflation's returning back to kind of those sub two, you know two percent ish levels on inflation economic growth trending around two percent and again those have to go together you can't have four percent inflation and two percent economic growth that's just they have to they function together um and yields are a function of economic growth and inflation so yields should be around two percent versus three and a half percent but let's assume that environment um, where you have slower economic growth which means you have slower demand which brings down inflation yields fall because of that but it's not recessionary now in that environment, what sectors will tend to perform better than other sectors? In other words, do you want to be in commodities versus uh, emerging markets versus international markets versus domestic stocks? And, and, and within those markets, you know, what sectors tend to perform better in that type of environment? So, you know, that's kind of the, the big challenge that as investors we've got to kind of figure out to navigate this year And so you've got to kind of make some bets on if you believe the story of the Goldilocks scenario as well. So that's, and again, you have to pay attention to the data. And as Mike said earlier, you know, what we say today may change next week because of changes in the environment or the markets or the economy or whatever. And that's why being audible and being flexible is going to be important. But um, just talking about this idea of a Goldilocks scenario, what areas tend to perform better? Mike, what are your thoughts? So
2: I think, first of all, as this rally kicks off, and again, it could end tomorrow, it could end in a month, what we're going to see is what we've been seeing, the beating down stocks, the high-risk stocks, the very high beta stocks will probably do the best. Small-cap stocks have done well uh, as investors kind of get, get all frothed up at the bull market. But assuming Goldilocks persists and persists for a while, that's a low-growth environment. So, in that type of environment, we have to start thinking about kind of more higher dividend, uh, yieldy type, um, you know, kind of fixed income stock surrogates, maybe preferred stocks, maybe MLPs. Um, And then you also have to think about growth. Now, when I say growth, I don't necessarily mean apple microsoft google growth i mean growth growth these are companies that are growing significantly that doesn't really matter if we're in a very slow environment because they're they're stealing market share from something else they're not they're not competing for market share they're taking it so they can grow at 50 100 200 percent regardless of the economy that's growing at one percent so i think it's going to be a weird year where where if we are in goldilocks and if goldilocks persists that you could you know a portfolio with a combination of you know like some very high growth good companies but very high growth young companies that are not necessarily fully proven combined with some value dividend orientation price skewed a little bit towards dividend mm-hmm. over value, but mm-hmm. something like that may prove to be the winning formula.
1: You know, and, and you know, this is going to be kind of an interesting year, too, because, you know, when you start talking about, you know, a lot of the dividend yielding stocks, um, a lot of those fall into the value category. But a lot of those stocks really aren't value stocks. And we, you know, we've written articles about you've written an article about it lately. We've discussed it before, touched on it many times. Um, So part of the challenge this year is if, you know, for that dividend side of the portfolio is finding stocks that really are kind of a value dividend story um, that, you know, may perform better in a slower economic environment. And and again, this is going to be one of the key factors. You know, if you take a look at companies like, say, a Procter & Gamble, not really a value company, we own it because it's in the index. And this is going to be one of the challenges um mike's right about growth stocks Um, stocks that can grow earnings in a slow economic environment are going to do a lot better you know but one thing we also have to factor in is that some of these smaller companies are going to do very well but when passive investors buy growth versus value it's also going to drive up prices of stocks like apple and microsoft and meta and others google because they're in the indexes so part of the challenge of investing is getting the growth versus value story right and the other side is going to be you know picking the individual stocks within those sectors again you know the apple microsoft may go up in value because it's a growth story but to mike's point those stocks that are not in the top ten you know uh... you know stocks of the index are going to go up a whole lot more right so it'll that's where the the stock picking will will come in I think one of the, the other challenges, Mike, that, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, back in November of 21, we were talking about the energy story and, the, you know, buying energy stocks because they were so beaten up. Um, we had negative oil prices, you know, in, hmm. in 2021 and nobody won down energy. Everybody hated energy. It was, you know, ESG and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Of course, uh, we wrote an article saying, you know, this is the time to buy energy stocks and, you know, they're going to be the best performer in the next year in 2022. They just massively outperformed. Now everybody's onto that train, um, you know, which benefited from inflation and and that type of of market that we were in. But in a slow growth economic environment, commodities are probably not going to perform as well because you need inflation to drive prices. And the prices of commodity stocks are tied to the underlying commodity. So we may see those stocks tend to underperform a bit in a slower growth, slower inflation environment. Right.
2: Right. Right. And, that, and that's that's the reason I like the high growth sector if we're in that environment, because it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. Right. So so I think that the key is, you know, to kind of summarize it is to stay away from the economy the economy is growing at 1% earnings are only going to grow at about 1 or 2 or 3%. so there's going to be little earnings growth in that type of scenario. so the question is where can you get earnings growth and if you can, and and i think that's in the higher very higher mm. growth sector especially those that are really beating up because then you could get some price gains uh you know some pretty big snapbacks like we saw with fate with uh, meta. yeah. And then the other place in a very low growth environment is just take those four five, six percent dividend stocks that are priced well, you know, not not overpriced necessarily. And then, Lance, you made a great point. And this is what, you know, as if our job wasn't tricky enough. <laughs> the, the other thing we have to balance is, is this market skewing more towards passive investing or more towards active investing? And. You know, that's that that one's harder to ascertain when investors are comfortable, they're going to be passive investors. It's easy to just kind of set it and forget it to set your 401k at whatever 80 percent stocks, 20 percent bonds, 60, 40, you know, 50, 50, whatever you prefer. Just leave it. Mm-hmm. And when you do that every other week, you're contributing to the S&P 500 and Apple and Microsoft and Google are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of that. But if investors start saying, you know what, I'm going to start skewing towards value, I want more dividends, I want some of this more, for lack of a better word, esoteric stuff, not the headline type stocks, then you have more of an active market. And that favors some of those lesser known stocks Mm -hmm. that are that have good dividends, that have value, that have very high growth, but they're not in the passive indices. So that's, you know, again, we're going to be audibling all year and some of it is not necessarily bull or bear, but it's, it's sectors and it's, uh, active passive and factor stock factors like dividends and value and growth.
1: Well, and that's why, you know, on simplevisor.com where we do a lot, publish a lot of our research, um, you know, we've created whole new sectors that are just looking at relative performance and absolute performance of sectors versus the market. So you can see, you know, in visual form, you know, what is outperforming, what is underperforming relative to the market on both a relative and an absolute basis. And that kind of helps give you that idea of where to start allocating money as you start to see the change in behavior of the market you know, towards, you know, one sector or another as things develop. And that'll be a very important key for the rest of this year um, is to watch those rotational changes as the market begins to come to grips with whatever type of economy that we're going to have later this year. Uh you can go to simplevisor.com check that out. 30-day free trial there. Uh, all of our, all of our absolute relative analysis is there on the website. And that's the same stuff that we use every day to manage our portfolios as well. Uh, that's at the website, simplevisor.com. All right. Uh, be sure to get by the website and subscribe to our latest newsletter. Also our new before the bell channel. We have two YouTube channels now, one for the show, be sure and click that little bell icon to subscribe to this show. But also if you want the three minutes before the markets that we talk about every morning, that's called before the bell. Now has its own channel subscribe there as well on YouTube. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Financial Fitness Friday with Danny Ratliff, Richard Rosso. Have a great weekend.